you guys ready? Well, good. Uh, you love your pastors and this team around here? For real, Pastor, uh, I, I love your pastors and this team. We watched them this weekend, and, and Tammy and I did the speaking. And man, I just, wanted, I just want to ask you, are you aware that you married up? I am. Are you aware? Make sure that you let her know that you know that you married up. Um, I, when I came in here the other day, it was so weird because you may not believe this, but I dunked a volleyball. <laughs> Couldn't get the basketball, but I dunked a volleyball on that rim uh, I was raised, uh, born in Fort Smith, raised in Mina, and uh, this morning on our way here, I just took a little tour, just went around the park, and just went to a few places, and my memory is bigger than that pond, <laughs> because <laughs> I was in the band, and I'd, I'd load my drums, and I got at Fancher Music Store, am I talking to anybody in here, or is that, is that too old, right? Uh, Fancher Music Store, I paid 750 bucks and mowed yards to be able to buy those things. I would load them in the back of my 1951 Chevy pickup, go to the park with a few other people, with Nick Parson and David LeBlanc and a few of us. We would go up there and we would have a jam session. Come to think of it, I don't know why no one ever showed up, but we were in the park uh, and we were playing uh, music up there. And so we went up there this morning. I'm not kidding. I just... Stop for a moment. I told my wife, I said, my memory's bigger than that pond. Uh, it's just that pond is small. I, it used to be big. What happened? Um, right? We just age up, right? And so time changes some things. I want to talk to you today about God. Amen? Turns out, all this PhD stuff, spend a year in neuroscience, how the brain works. You know what? Turns out God is brilliant. Really, what is being known about the brain right now, about neuroscience, what is understood about that is making God look so smart. And so it turns out that God is, God is smart. Man, say, say that with me. God is smart, right? I, the Bible says it this way, that his ways are above our ways. He knows things that we don't know, right? So there's this good idea that maybe we want to get to know what God knows. I'm going to say a really deep statement. Are you ready? You know what you know. I'm done. No. You know what you know. Let me tell you something about your brain. Your brain doesn't want to know anything else. What's understood about the brain is it freaks out to know something else because it wants to rely on what it's known. When you look and you think you want something new or you, hear, you have a thought or you want to go to a new experience, you think about walking to the altar, you think about raising your hand, you think about doing something new, don't be surprised if you feel a little anxiety about that or feel a little, oh, I don't know what, you know. That is the sign that your brain realizes you're thinking about doing something you haven't done and your brain is saying, don't do it. We don't know how this is going to turn out. We don't know how people are going to think. But church, can I say to you, don't let your brain be in charge. Amen. Amen. Don't let your brain be in charge. You be in charge. What does that mean? That means that I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to hear some things. And, and you do use your brain to think, but don't let your brain be the decider. Let your spirit be the decider. How are we doing? We doing all right? I want to show you something from uh, Psalm 27. And... Uh, at 35, I didn't wear glasses, but I'm not 35 anymore, so I do wear glasses. Uh, David 
in this psalm, God through uh, David is writing to us in this psalm, helping us understand something about God and life. And what David is seeing is that life is a battlefield. Anybody know that things can get hard? It can get really difficult sometimes. When things get hard, when it really gets difficult, David said this. He said something that caught my attention. And please hear that word, caught my attention, because I want to talk to you about where your attention is in just a moment, okay? But he, he's, he's saying some things about what's going on, and we're going to read the whole, it's 14 verses, we're going to read the whole chapter, and we're going to see that his life was harder than our life. There's nobody coming after you, there's not armies, hopefully, there's not armies pursuing you and wanting to kill you. David said this, he said, though an army besiege me and make war against me, I will not fear. What I want to look at this morning is what did David know about God? Where was David's attention that would cause him to look at armies coming after him and not be afraid? Right? That, that's, what, that's what I want to look at for just a moment. So I, I believe he discovered something that although this is written in the First Testament or the Old Testament, it transferred to today. This is 2023, right? Okay, all right. I, I left here in 1977. I'm just still wondering if anybody even was alive in this room in 1977. Um, but 2023, this, this is good for us too. Look at the Word of God with us. And if you guys would just do the, if it's doing that, I'm not going to do that, okay? Thank you. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. What did David know? What, what is going on? Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though a war break out against me, against me, even then, I'm going to be confident. Wow, look at this. He boils it down to everybody say one thing. Look at this. One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. This is where his attention is, right? That I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Anybody in church this morning? Anybody singing the songs about seeking God? That is it. I'm going to say some other things, but I want you to know that's it. The one thing is that we give more of our attention to God than we give to anything else. When you give your attention to God, God sees your enemies. God works against your enemies. He takes care of the enemies when you focus on him. So instead of you trying to figure all this out, no, worship God. Amen? Pursue the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. <coughs> he will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. He will set me up on high. Does anybody hear David doing anything other than worship and God's doing all this other work? God's taking care of the enemies. God's lifting him up, putting him on a rock. God is not only smart, God is good. God is strong. God is who you need, right? Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. 
I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, my heart says. I think this is the Spirit of God working in David. Seek his face. Seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servants away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. Oh, my, oh God, my Savior, though my father, my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. How many know that sometimes relationships on earth fall apart? <coughs> ever, anybody ever have a relationship on earth fall apart? Your relationship with God won't fall apart. Don't look at the relationships that have fallen apart and liken that to God. Amen? He's different. God is good. God is strong. God is faithful. He's for you. Then it says, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in the straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witness rise against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Everybody say that. I will see the goodness of the Lord. One more time. I will see the goodness of the Lord, ready, in this land of the living. Hallelujah. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Father, I pray today that by your spirit you will, I have no way of speaking personally to people today about what they need, but God, you do. I pray, I give you all the words that I might say, I give you all this time, and I pray, God, that you will speak to people in exactly what they need. Do your miracle work in every heart for your glory and for our good, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Call this a strategic principle. A strategic principle is when you think about action. Sometimes we'll have a purpose statement or we'll, churches and, and businesses will have a mission statement or vision statement. But I'm curious about you. Do you have a strategic principle? And what a strategic principle is, it's an action-oriented statement that focuses you on what's important. I believe when I look at David's, I, I believe his strategic principle is this, that he said, I've learned life does not contain battles, but life is a battlefield. In other words, there's so much that's trying to get your attention so here it comes. Are you ready? Here's my question for you. Where is your attention? Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're thinking about, has you. Right? What are you thinking about? Some of you, I mean, this is going to happen, I mean, right? You know where you're going after church to eat. You got it figured out. You're thinking about the menu now, right? You, you, that's where your attention is. Some of you are thinking... I broke away from work, and I came to church this morning, and I'm going to go and do this other kind of stuff. Where is your attention? You guys, I would really encourage you to think about and notice often where your attention is, because that is what's filling you. That's what's resourcing you. If your attention is on God, then He is resourcing you. He is filling you, right? We have to do work. We have to do some uh, relationships. We do those things, so our attention does shift. But where is the priority of your attention? What, what is going on? David is looking and he's saying, when I look at God, when I seek his face, I feel at home. Right? 
But when we see the circumstance of what's happening in David's life, when you, if we could take a shot and we had a picture, if we could see what's happening, there's war going on. There are people hunting him. All this is going on. What's David talking about? I want to see God's face in your work, in all that you do. Make sure that you're putting some attention toward the Lord. And when you do that, God will fill you up. God gives you wisdom that's beyond your years. I'm just saying God is so good, you need to really think about doing that. When I was looking at this and I was thinking about David calling this uh, battlefield and I was thinking about home, because a lot of times you guys, we're looking for home. Have you ever noticed that we're just looking for home? When uh, we, drove, we drove by where my home was and I looked at the window that I crawled out of one night and that, that's the memory that came to me as I crawled, I snuck out of the house one night and when I was in my junior year and I don't know why that memory came up, but I turned it over to Jesus. Amen. Uh, right. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at some of these other things and, and, and the memories, you know, they, they come back and I'm, and I'm thinking about home. And I haven't been here in so long. And we live in Bella Vista uh, up in northwest Arkansas. We live in Bella Vista. And that's been our home now. Right. So we have different places that have different things. And as I passed around, there's just been this flood of good memories that has come to me. We're living in some good memories. And for those guys who are from the UK, we were just there uh, last year in London at uh, Holy Trinity Brompton. And what God is doing in a church there among a lot of young adults, there is revival breaking out in London. Now, if you go to London, there's not that God consciousness. It's, it's post-Christian. But God is moving powerful in London, you guys. And we got to see it and, and witness it. But when I, when I think about this, we're, we're looking at what David is saying, and he's going, when I'm looking in your face, I feel at home. And I believe this, that God, God's home is the home I've been looking for in every home I've ever built. God's beauty is the beauty I'm looking for in every bit of music, in every bit of art, in every bit of romance I've ever had. God's face is the face I've been looking for in every encounter and relationship I've ever had. Sometimes we just don't feel at home. Sometimes in our home, a battle breaks out. You guys, even in the battle, you can be at home if you're not, your attention is not on the battle, but your attention is on God. Is there an amen in the room that might agree with that? When I'm seeing this and I'm looking at David, he said, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. That's where I'm going to go. I want to go gaze on the beauty of God. I want to go to God's house. He's going to hide me. He's going to shelter me. When, when I look at that, I see that God is not, he's a force to reckon with, right? And so when I'm looking at the Old Testament, and the, I call it the First Testament. Can you guys handle that? The, it's the first, the old and the new. It's really the first and the second Testament, but it's okay. If, I'm sorry, my little brain is thinking that way. I'm looking at the Old Testament, and the question is this, how can anyone come up to God? That's the question of the Old Testament, the First Testament. How can we get from where we are in our sin and all we've walked away from God? By the way, do you know who the first parent was that lost, uh, had rebellious children? God. God created a perfect environment for Adam and Eve. He put those kids in that perfect environment. And what did they do? Left. Right? They chose to leave. God understands when you're having trouble with your kids. Amen? 
we're all his kids, he understands problemed children, right? I mean, he, he understands how to deal with us. He understands that. But when I look at the, uh, the Garden of Eden and when I'm seeing that, what I'm seeing is, and I was reading this this week, I just, I just, I'm reading the Bible, slow. I'm reading less of the Bible than I've ever read. I've pastored for 38 years. What do you mean, Gary? I'm reading slower. I'm not trying to read 17 chapters a day to impress nobody anymore, right? Never did. Um, did 5-7, but, uh, right, I read the Bible through in a year. But I, st- I started reading the Bible slower, and I started seeing these patterns, and I started seeing some things, and I'm seeing God in his goodness created all this stuff, and then Adam stepped back. Men, we need to step up. Amen? Adam stepped back. Eve didn't know what Adam knew about, in the, and so the serpent deceived her. She does the wrong thing, gives to him, and he eats it. He knew what he, she was deceived, but he knew what he, he sinned. He blew it. He knew what he's doing. So now they're both kicked out of the garden, and then their first child, Cain, kills the second child, and it's like, oh, wow, this is not going so good. So it's not good to leave the garden of God. It's not good to leave God and go on your own way because all this stuff starts happening. And look what they say after they, they, they're looking at this and they said, we're going to miss the face of God. Cain says this, behold, you've driven me today away from the ground, from your face. I will be hidden. I'll be like a fugitive and a wonder on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. In other words, there's something, there's something about the face of God that we need to know. There's something about looking in the face of God that helps us, that strengthens us even when war and conflict is going on. So I want everybody to stay awake for just two more minutes, okay? I want to preach longer than that, but I just have a point I want you to hear. Just stay two, wait, two more minutes, just two. Come on, give me two. I want you to look at somebody and give them the face your parent used to give you when it was, a, it was the face of disapproval. Come on, look, just look at them, give them that I don't know if some of you guys knew my dad. My dad pastored Union Mission for years and years and years. And one Sunday night, he was preaching, and we had pews, and they were wooden. And he was preaching, and I was, my attention was on marbles. And I had a steely. Is there a witness in the room? Does anybody know? Or am I, am I too old? I, don't, I just don't know, right? had a steely, and I had another steely, and put steely down there, and it got a little away from mom. Mom was actually listening to my dad preach, and I just kind of laid down like I was going to go to sleep, and pretty soon I went, went, my dad took a long breath. Unfortunately, he took a really long breath while he was preaching, and he went, you know, and my dad was preaching, and I was over here, and he went, and the Holy Ghost Help me understand the message his face sent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, our face sends messages, doesn't it? Have grandchildren now. Have four and just heard that there's a fifth on the way. Uh, little Mateo uh, is strong-willed. And the other day, I knew I was going to preach this, and I thought I'd just try something. And I got little strong-headed Mateo, and I just looked at him, and I just, and I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a doting grandpa. Just, I mean, I don't care if you like it or not. I'm like, just get over it. It's like, I love these kids, and I'm looking at Mateo, and I'm just like, and I was just looking at him, and I was just smiling like this doting grandpa, and he, he was like, 
<laughs> like, because sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm after him, right? But I, was just, I just looked at him, and I was hoping that the love of God was coming through me to him. And it was so fascinating just to watch his little face just, just look at me. And he looked at me at the way that I see a lot of people look at God. Is this really happening? <laughs> do you really love me? Do I, did I do something wrong or what, what's going on? No, I want you to know that God knows everything you've ever done wrong and he knows everything you're going to do wrong. And he still loves you. That was a weak amen. Right? Seriously, you guys, catch this. Our challenge is sometimes we have our attention on the battles and we don't have our attention on God. And when we don't have our attention on God, we're looking at all this and we're trying to figure out how we're going to get in, how we're going to engage, how we're going to win. And I'm, and I'm telling you, we need to get back to that the priority of our life that is our attention gets on God. In Zechariah 3, there's a great picture of what's happening here. And, and so the question of the First Testament is, how do people who are in sin get, get closer to God? How, how do we do this? And, and Zechariah is this priest and he has this vision this vision comes down Zechariah 3 you can read about it and it's the the people were preparing once a year to go in and offer sacrifices does anybody know what I'm saying they would offer sacrifices once a year for all the sins of the people so in the preparation for it the week of it the week of that the, the there was only one person that would be able to go in and it was the priest and he started taking baths started having all these ritual baths he started doing all these things he would fast and then the day of, he was going to go in all day long. He took 10 baths. This was one clean dude, right? I mean, like, he, he smelled like dove soap. I mean, it was like super, super clean. Why was he doing this? Because he's trying to cleanse himself. Sorry, I cry sometimes. Trying to cleanse himself because he saw the sins of the people. And we want to get right with God. So you see the intent. You see the hope. You see the desire of people that want to know God, right? So this priest is doing all these things, and, and the night before he goes into the pernum, which is the, it talks about the face of God. That's the presence of God was behind the veil. It's talking about that was the face of God. He was preparing himself, and the night before, he'd take all these ten baths, and then he would have friends come over, and they would read scripture to him. He'd stay up all night long. Do you see the effort? If I read enough Bible, if I have the right friends, if I won't do all those things, and if I, if I don't sin, if I don't, if I won't, if I don't, if I won't. That's what your attention's on. If I don't, if I won't. I would suggest, if you will, lift up your head to a loving God and get to know him little by little by little, by little, and just keep looking at God's face. I knew what I was going to preach this morning. I'm listening to the songs, and these songs are so good. It's an opportunity for you to look for God's face. It's for you to seek his presence. When you're doing that, all the don'ts and the won'ts start taking care of themselves. Amen? Because I don't want to be who I used to be. Matter of fact, I now, and here's the progression, I don't want to be who I was but I'm not sure who I am. Well, find out who you are in God. What has God said? Who has God said that you are? If you get in the Bible and you, you ask a few people and you start understanding that, you start knowing who you are, and you're going, oh, then I don't want to do that anymore, right? 
So knowing who you are, seeking God's face, takes care of the don'ts and the won'ts. Hallelujah. So what will you do? What, how will you seek God? How will you go forward? How will you do that? Two things. Seek God's face. Oh, I'm going to ask you for another amen in just a second. Ready? Seek God's face. And secondly, believe in God's goodness. Amen. Right? Worship team, come on back. What that means is that reminds me that I'm almost done. For your sake, I'm almost done, right? So we'll get the worship team to come back up. Seeking God's face, believing in the goodness of God, David said this, O heart, he has said to you, right? He's, David is saying to his heart, O heart, God has said to you, Seek his face. Amen. Amen. Seek his face. You know, since I've learned this, and I'm serious, it's something you learn. Since I've learned this, I've learned that all the challenges that come my way are opportunities for me. And I'm not just being positive right? I'm not just, you know, putting some psychology on it. No, I have learned that everything that comes my way that is, is a distraction and that is hard and is difficult, it is. Those have become invitations from Papa God to speak to me. You guys, the face is a relational gate. It's a relational gate It's all those times you think about, for those of you that have children, and they look at you like, is this going to be okay? And you're in the baseball stand or the football or whatever, right? And you give them that look. It's going to be okay. Without knowing it, what you're saying is, I'm here with you. I see you. I believe in you. Will you hear God saying that to you? He's our Papa God. He's our Father God. Amen? All the good efforts that Romans teaches us about the Old Testament, about the law, it was there to show us that we could never measure up. We needed a Savior. So you can try and you can work and you can do all these efforts, but the truth is you need to surrender your effort and surrender your smarts. God is smarter than you. His ways are different than your ways. He knows things you don't know and he wants to tell you. Amen. The one thing I want more than anything, the one thing I want more than anything else is to see to God your beauty, your holiness, and to praise you. Why? When I'm praising God, why? My attention is on Him and not these other things. What happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is trivial compared to being at home 
in your presence. You guys, I wrote this kind of as a prayer that hopefully some of you might think about taking and saying to God, you know what, God? Man, I, I love our house in Bella Vista. I love my wife. Man, 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 I love being at home in the presence of God. Amen? It's what you're made for. If you just maybe, if you're comfortable with this, bow your head for a moment. Just maybe close your eyes. What is your attention on? What has your attention? Some of you may be realizing that your attention, even in church, isn't on God. So my question is, will you lift your head? And that's figuratively speaking. In other words, would you, will you now realize that your attention's not on the Lord? Will you now place your attention on God by just not thinking a lot about anything else other than God I want to know you God I want to know you more it's just a simple prayer God I want to know you I want to know you and it's getting very still and very present to allow God to show you his face and that he is pleased with you and that he loves you. Ask the worship team to uh, sing a song just where we can respond. I wanted to give you some music and some words to consider because when we sing songs of praise, that is seeking his Maybe a phrase, maybe a word will stand out to you. You know what? Stop singing and just sit in it. Stay with it. Let God speak to you and let his face shine upon you. God is good and he loves you.